Hello, hello, hello. 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 Welcome to the Read This, Watch That podcast. I am Anthony. I am Dale. Today, this is your idea. You mentioned this a while ago, and I thought it was good. I, I always wanted to hit up uh, some TV shows, and you came up with the idea of watching some pilot episodes. I what, did. What sparked that? I have no I I didn't recall having had this idea. <laughs> That's good because it was it was my idea. And uh oh, I like the idea. I wanted to hit some TV eventually and we we're kind of talking about doing a movie which you couldn't get for some weird reason. I, I don't Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't understand why that wasn't available uh what it says it is and uh then you suggested another movie, and frankly, I just wasn't up for watching a movie that I didn't want to watch. It's not that I didn't want to watch it. It's just I wasn't up for, you know. That movie. Yeah. No, and fine. I didn't want to watch an hour and a half movie, and then uh, it's not enough time really to garner your thoughts or whatever. But you would, I remember you had suggested MASH. So today we're. Huh. We're going to talk about two pilots. I'm smart. The first one is Mesh, which you don't you don't recall. You don't recall mentioning this. I'm so smart. I forget how smart I am. That's how smart I am. Yeah, I forget too. Um, it's easy to forget. <laughs> yeah. So you know, a 25 minute watch. So I was able to squeeze that in. I of course seen it. I from time to time. From time to time, I, I watch MASH. Uh, I have mixed feelings about the show overall because it was on for so long. I think some of the seasons are stronger than others. But MASH premiered in 1972, and it was on for 11 seasons, which is really, really quite a feat for the yeah. time. Yeah, very uh, remarkable. Truly you're, remarkable. You're getting some shows now that are lasting 12, 13, 14, 15 years. But back then, you know, good run. I was looking at some other shows. A good run. <laughs> are you done? <laughs> like, sounds like you're moving furniture. Oh, oh does it really? I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. It's yeah. okay. uh, you know, five, six years was kind of a good run. They were never meant to be. No one ever thought shows would last, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years. So MASH had a good run. Like I said, premiered in 1972. It was based on a 1970 movie, which was based on a 1968 book by a army surgeon in Korea named Richard Hooker. And the book apparently was pretty successful. And the 70 movie was equally successful. And then Larry Gilbert came up with the idea of making this this television series now uh is this tell me about like did you have a history with mash did you watch it you know towards the end when you're a bit older did you just catch it in reruns did you watch it at all really i when i was a kid i caught it in uh primarily in reruns although i did um i think i did watch the last episode which i think like every third person in the United States watched, I think it was the most watched television show, I think until like something like 2010 or something like that. Um, 
but it was primarily in the reruns and, and primarily as a kid. Um, and I do watch it now every once in a while, but it's not something that I, I it's, it's not something that I generally seek out, but given that I no longer watch television television and there's really not a chance to kind of see a rerun, right? Um, because I'm just watching the streaming services. Right. Um, I do go back and seek it out because it's the only way I would, I would see it is if I go to um, one of the streaming services and, and watch it there. So I've, I've taken to doing that just every once in a while, um, watching an episode or two. But uh, definitely when I was a kid, it was one of the kind of the, I don't know, definitive television shows, I guess, for me, in, you know, an early impressionable age. It was kind of like, oh, a television show can be this, right? Um, and it was on for so long and it had so many episodes. You know, this was back when they were making I know. You know, 24 episodes a year or something <laughs> like that. I mean, it's just... At least. Un yeah, ungodly numbers. And so there was a ton of them. And um, uh, this is going to sound a little bit odd and I think we're going to talk about this, but certainly when I watched it as a as a kid, there was definitely a, no one was worried about me watching it, right? No. It wasn't like I was watching a slasher show or some, you know, taxi driver, right? Or something like that. Um, but watching it now, going back and rewatching the pilot, it kind of through a modern lens kind of makes you cringe quite a bit, I think. <laughs> Actually, some of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's just a reminder of how much the culture has changed and um, how, I mean, legitimately different things are today from where they were. Now, having said that, I always enjoyed the show um, and um, I still do whenever I watch it. And if you can just get in the right, you know, kind of reset your mindset, you know, back 40 years or so. Uh, and just remind yourself that, hey, you know, this is, you know, it's like anything that you watch that's old, right? It's they have a different, different culture, different standards, different things were funny. Yeah, I'd like to say that you also have to remember, even though it was 1972, it was supposed to be 1950. Right. But I you. really don't think that's the reason why we cringe. I, I, I don't think when... In particular, you know, there's certain things. I don't think when they wrote that, well, it's, it's supposed to be 1950, so we can do this. I think it was just yeah, the way yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just the way the 70s were. Yeah. I remember watching this live, and I think what I'm curious because I do remember, like you said, everyone watched the last episode. Yeah. What What beat it in 2010? Do you Do you know? I don't know. I That's was going to look it up, but I but I didn't. I think I think it was 2010. I don't know that it, maybe you know, but I thought it was like 2010 or sometime around there. It was some you know very. It was definitely this century. And was that like real real numbers or was it prorated? <laughs> for... No, I think I think actual numbers like actual you know, numbers. Yeah, so not not a percentage of the you know viewing population or the pe percentage of people watching TV. I think that was literally raw numbers. Just the raw numbers. Yeah. Um, I remember watching this live, you know, as it aired, but late. Like I, I probably because my parents would watch it. I don't recall them being 
slavishly devoted to it, but Mm -hmm. they usually watched it. And I probably watched it as it aired, you know, sometimes starting to maybe 78, 79 through there. Mm -hmm. But you're right. As soon as I hit like middle school and definitely the first couple of years of high school, it, you know, once you had cable, you could find a channel or two where they would just air like four of these back to back in the afternoon or right, right. two of them between seven and 8 PM. And, and you just, they not, weren't not necessarily in order, but you, right. just got, right. yeah, you know, you just got to know kind of all the characters and just about most of the, most of the, most of the shows it starred. Oh, so interestingly, I was, so the book, you know, I, I remember a lot of people also saying, well, you know, it's really about the Vietnam War and yes. but they couldn't do it. You know, and it's like, no, it's really about the Korean War because uh, mm. it's based on a book about the Korean <clears throat> War written by a surgeon who was actually a surgeon in a mass unit. Did but sensibilities, it, 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 did sensibilities from the Vietnam era sink in? Yes. Yes. Well, I, I would I would argue, though probably after the first few seasons because it did it did start getting it did start getting serious too a little too serious for my taste personally particularly towards the end and i think that i think that you could you could view it as um to a certain degree and even the earlier shows i mean it did have some seriousness i mean i it's hard to watch any episode of that show and not think of it as an anti-war show right and certainly anti-institution and definitely institution yeah but uh so i think that there i think it i think it was it 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 may not have been about vietnam obviously it was not about vietnam but i i think that it was in certainly informed by um the overall cultural response to vietnam it was definitely informed by it but again it was it, it was you know initially about you know, right. it's, it's based yeah. on a book by a guy who was actually there. Yeah. <laughs> and I imagine that a lot of that anti-war sentiment was probably there in, in Korea to to mm-hmm. a, less, a lesser extent than Vietnam. But, you know, why are you shipping me? You know, because a lot of those guys came out of World War II. Uh, they had survived World War II. And then you're shipping me halfway around the world because one side of Korea is invading the other. And you're interrupting my life and my business and my family f- for all this. And... So, uh, you know, it, it makes me wonder how much there may have been the seeds of that Vietnam sentiment starting, starting in Korea. Now, interestingly, the movie, the, was a, the book was adapted for the movie by Ring Lardner Jr. He, he was a screenwriter who was one of the Hollywood 10. He was blacklisted, served about a year now, less than a year in Danbury federal prison because he wouldn't name names. So he got contempt mm-hmm. of Congress. He t- basically told the house on American activities committee to go to shove it. And uh, he was blacklisted for it for years. He's dad. His dad is ring Lardner ring. Lardner was a sports writer. And if you've seen uh, eight men out, mm-hmm. Ring Lardner is the tall is portrayed. Actually, the Ring Lardner is portrayed by the director John Sales. Tall, oh, is that right? 
tall, thin, dark hair, and he's one of the few guys. He is um, only in a scene or two where he's watching the game, and everyone's kind of like, oh, the, the White Sox are really screwing up, and Ring Lardner's kind of like, yeah, sure they are. <laughs> he was like one of the first guys to be like, this is, this smells really bad. Yeah. And so, yeah, his son ad- 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 adapted adapted the book for the movie. Now the series, which was made by Robert Altman, one of which was uh, yeah, yeah. We should talk about him sometime. He's a really interesting director that no one talks about anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, Um, great movie director of of a a type of movie. I mean, kind of yeah. You know, you're watching a Robert Altman movie. I don't think there's anyone really like him anymore. No, I don't think so. Not that, not that comes to mind. That's for sure. And he, he, he could bomb too. He, he, his, some of his stuff did not work, but it was always, it was always an Altman picture. So the pilot episode stars Alan Alda as Benjamin Franklin Pierce, Wayne Rogers as John McIntyre, Loretta Swit as Margaret Houlihan, McLean Stevenson as Henry Blake, Larry Linville as Frank Burns, Gary Berghoff as Walter O'Reilly. And then we have uh, I, I I knew this, but always forget it. You have the f- you have the character of Father Mulcahy, but it's played by a different actor for an episode or two. Right. And then it looks like they were setting up a third, a fourth surgeon. Oh well, well if Blake is a surgeon, but he's the commanding officer. Um, <laughs> Spear Chucker Jones. Yes. <laughs> cringe you can't see me cringe on audio now, i don't know if that was in the book but it, that was a name in the movie and it the, was in and the, the movie and the racism in the movie was very direct i don't yes. know if we, i don't know if you recall but and um yeah and you know look it was the 50s and it was or it was about the 50s and you know yeah and odessa cleveland was a african-american nurse named ginger i think they were going to set her up as more of a main character lieutenant dish another nurse yeah so and i always another thing i always forget is clinger is not an original cast member clinger is not and you know who shows up in a non-speaking role um in a few scenes who um one of my favorite character actors of all time bruno kirby and really in the pilot yeah i must have missed him Yep, he was playing football in the beginning, and then he shows up in one of the wards, I think, later on. Interesting. Okay, I missed yeah. that. Let's see. Um, the show went through really major cast changes. Major. But not to its detriment. I think it, it, it handled them all well. The, the, the incoming actors kind of filled a spot, but were different enough. Not were to very, just... Frequently very different. Yeah, and, and, and different enough not to be just a swap out. Like, right. uh, you won't notice. <laughs> we'll basically, right? You know, making the the same character with a new the, a new actor, a new, actor, a new name. Right. Yeah. So I think it ultimately handled that well. It did go through ups and downs. I think with the really dramatic. It starts off. It's clearly starts off as uh, a comedy, an absurdist. You know, the, it never. It's anti-war. It's making okay. fun of the absurdities of like an institution, in this case the army, but it never it never denigrates the soldier. 
Right. Uh, and I think that had to be now big deal, right? But in 1972, you know, I wish I could. Yeah, I wish I could. And people probably, you know, memories memories are designed to be false. But it'd be interesting to get the in time reaction to this. It would be. I mean, it was a very different time. It was a very different. I mean, and it's strange too because we I mean, forget about this. I mean, I think you and I, you know, and depending on, I, I guess, your family too. You grew up in very different ways. You know, my father was a was a veteran, and um, he joined the army in sixty. I want to say sixty. 66 right <laughs> good move <laughs> literally right before they started drafting people i mean he, he was like he, he he um he said he joined and then like you know almost immediately he was just you know he was made um you know he was promoted and, and was you know given the job you know directing people around because he was in you know a week before everybody else <laughs> yeah yeah um, but you know, so he he served throughout you know that time, um, you know sixty six through seventy, and um, you know never in Vietnam. But as you know, I was born in Taiwan, which is where he was stationed. Um, and I remember very distinctly when I was you know um, in high school and and you know thinking about what I was going to do for the rest of my life and thinking about you know. Um, you know, what, what I wanted to do and, and pathways and we didn't have, you know, inordinate amounts of money where I could just kind of say, Oh, well, I'll do this for a little bit and do that for a little bit and kind of figure things out along the way, you know, I kind of have to make decisions and go for it. And I remember talking about, well, you know, is it possible to go to West Point? Is it possible to go into the army and, and do that stuff? And I remember talking to my father about it and he was very, very negative about it <laughs> just very negative and he just said don't do it he said do not do it and I, I remember that you know how and my father was not a you know hippie guy I mean you know he had a family he raised a family he never went to protests he went into the army and came out and you know worked and um you know he was he was uh you know down the road you know New Yorker, right? So he's practical and, and, you know, a little bit conservative here and a little bit liberal there, but um, he was just adamant that I not go into the military um, because he felt so strongly about it as an institution. And I think that a lot of people had either that kind of, you know, people our age had parents who were either that way or, or just kind of had lost their faith in a lot of ways. And it just was not an institution that had the kind of credibility or support, public support that it certainly seems to have now. Um, yeah, it's a, so it was a very it different really, time. My father was a Korean War era Navy veteran. They ended up over there. They, you know, a lot different than being an infantryman. They shelled. Yeah. They shelled a couple. <laughs> they, they, they shelled a couple targets and then uh, sailed back home. You know that right. was his. You could join for two years back then. He didn't want to be drafted, so he joined. He joined the navy. But now that I think about it, after what you just said, looking back on it, 
there was three or four other men in my life because I was just, I was the right age and he was the right age and his, an uncle, um, somebody was kind of like an uncle and one or two other people, they were all there in Korea. They were all in the army except my dad. Um, but out of, out of the four or five men, only one was a real combat. So one was with the army Corps of engineers one did something else, but one only one was. And looking back on it, he was he was the guy who was the, uh, he was the guy who was on the front line when the Chinese just poured over the border. And yeah. I remember sitting on our patio and him talking about it. It's, it's like you will never know terror like that. There was like a million of them, and. Yeah. Every sixth one was armed, but they were screaming and yelling. And like in the distance, you see them advancing. It's just like ants or flow, you know, this lie, this huge, you know, area of people. It's just like almost flowing, like, like, like over the, over the hills. So I remember that, but it's, you know, only, only four out of the five, actually, only uh, one out of the five actually were like combat soldiers but you know even at that point um you're talking about guys by that point they were just pretty much like 50 years old yeah you know um so this must have been kind of a brave show but also at the time given that you know we're a couple years away from watergate but we're already disillusioned with vietnam we're disillusioned with you know a line about the Gulf of Tonkin. Oh, I, oh, I meant to say, like, and you're also like the third person, I a third friend of mine that was born in Taiwan just for that, because of that. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there's two other Air Force brats, and they just happened to have been born on, on whatever base there was in Taiwan. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's just something up from our generation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought, you know, watching it, I'm always a little... Uh, I remember this is how 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 much force that I have. I remember watching the first episode of Friends, and because it was on before Seinfeld, I believe, um, and watching it, and I remember turning to my then girlfriend, now wife. I don't believe we were married at the time, saying like, "Ah, you know, these guys don't. There's no chemistry here. It's all forced." I don't, this show's not going to last. And what it lasted for what, like 10 seasons. So it shows you what I know. Yeah. But I thought, I thought the chemistry here was really good right off the bat. Professional actors, all of them. And, and I doing, w- a, doing a good job. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I w- and, and someone commented on that. I, I read a couple of things that they felt that the, the reason the show worked so well and, and, and so quickly was really good casting out of the, out of the gate. And I have to, I really have to agree. I think it's tremendous casting. They all had experience. And I wondered too, back then if um, there were less egos in the game and they spent more time rehearsing and getting to know one another, or it was just like you said, purely professional actors know what they're doing. They were going to work like, you know, other people go to work with the pick and shovels. It's, it's my job. I'm going to do it right. And I also was impressed um, well, should we should probably talk about the plot a little bit. We have um, 
<laughs> you know, we have another, the gang uh, there. Another worthy moment. <laughs> well, uh, well, I'm thinking about Hojan uh, trying to get Hojan their their tent boy, their indigenous person tent boy. Right. Uh, they want to get him into Hawkeye's alma mater so he can go to the United States and go to college. A and noble, a noble goal. Absolutely. I, I also like. Sometimes the funniest parts of this show I noticed, uh, like some of the other shows, is not the big the big joke. And when he opens, Hawkeye opens up the letter. Hey, I got a letter from Dean Lodge, and and, and Wayne Rogers says it's not a good place to stay. Yes, and, <laughs> and it's just like this little throwaway thing. And I was like, that's kind of that's kind of really witty, but it's going to cost them. The tuition's about a grand. Everything else is going to be probably another grand they estimate. So they have to raise two thousand dollars, which is the has kind of the buying power today of about twenty five grand. And um, and to do this, they are going they're going to raffle off a night with the best looking nurse in the camp. Yes, and who is who is getting this married? Is, this is who's engaged. Yes, this this is the premiere show, the premiere episode of a show that lasted eleven years. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I love how time changed. Now, in the end, despite the um, uh, tasteless premise, there's a plan that nothing's going to happen. Yes, uh, they fix it so the priest wins. Right, but. <laughs> It is, it's only, you would see this on TV today, but it would be on a show like, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. It yes. wouldn't be, uh, what would you call like a straight network TV sitcom? Yeah. Um, and so. It would be, it would be a show where the bad taste is a part of the humor. Why you go there. Yes. Right. Exactly. Here, it was just. You know, funny. That <laughs> was the seventies. <laughs> it's like funny, like an Animal House, which is four years later. But um, am I going to rape her or not? The angel's telling me not to, but the devil's <laughs> telling me I'm going to rape the unconscious high school girl. Right. Yeah, it's, right. And it's a that's funny. That's a really funny scene. Ha ha. Jesus, what the hell, man. What were Co- we thinking? What's, 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 was cocaine everywhere back then? That's, I think that's, it must have been. Um, but that's basically the plot. That's it, really. Yeah. And but the the like I said, the chemistry, the line reading is excellent. The back and forth, the banter, everything just falls into place in the first episode. It's really it does. It's yeah. it's really rather impressive. Um, I was also what? So what did you think? Uh, uh, about the episode well i mean putting putting aside the the you know kind of the stuff that is dated and cringeworthy um uh tremendous writing um you know it's just the lines go smoothly and and yes part of that is the actress but part of it is also the script which is just really well done um it's it is funny it continues to be funny to this day, in my opinion, um, in part because 
it's it's very simple humor in a lot of ways a lot of it's just absurdity right and and yes yes um but it's still funny because of that um the uh, you know it's a sitcom so the acting is the acting and you know you're not you're not going to see um you know you're not there to see shakespeare but they all give it their all and i've forgotten how much alan alda just kind of inhabits that he is forever, I, for me, and I'm assuming for a lot of people as well, that's what I think of when I think of Alan Alda, even though he's gone on and done many other things and done them well. Um, it, he's, a it's fa- just, he's a fascinating guy. And he is a really interesting guy. I, I've, I've actually his, read a book he wrote and, and I, he does did a you science his, show. And, did you read his, um, not, sorry to interrupt, but... The only reason I say that is he had such an interesting, unusual childhood hanging out with theater people and movie people because of his dad. His mom had severe mental health problems. She was institutionalized a few times. Yes. Stabbed his dad. I mean, um, but when I read his memoirs, I remember my daughter took martial arts and they had this little library and I just grabbed the book and it was his memoirs. And they were down to earth, funny, yep. Yep. insightful. Not, not. I mean, towards the end, Hawkeye Pierce's character can come across as a little bit self righteous, pretentious. Yes, um, but that's not the actor. His his memoirs are really just extremely readable. You wanted to turn the page because he was just a great storyteller. Yeah, but I think you're right. Despite like everything he's done. Um, yeah, it's just, you can't play an iconic role for 11 years and just not be that guy. However, when I do watch it, I really don't see Alan Alda. I still see the character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's that good. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way they they all do. And I think they all do a a, a really good job that way. I, I thought that the, except for one instance, I thought they did a really also a good job of, you know, Frank Burns is this, I don't even know how you describe him as this uh, humorless, obnoxious uh, weasel. Blowhard, uh, yes. Margaret Houlihan is army all the way. You know, Radar is just, just this kid thrown into, you know, Korea. Wayne Rogers uh, is this kind of laid back uh funny doesn't take things too seriously so the characters i thought right out of the gate were all really you kind of you got the characters really really fast except i i wonder if they just didn't have room for him because of because of that particular episode but henry blake's not developed yet no no and it may be because he's off he's off He's off scene for so long because that's part of it. They're only throwing the party because he's away. Right. Uh, but I also wonder if they don't know. You get the feeling he's not going to be kind of like Mr. Regular Army. But you don't really know. Is he going to be kind of a pain in the ass? He's going to be a good guy. Right. Um, he he play his character. And this is true throughout the for as long as he was on the show anyway, I think, is that he played that go-between where he was just kind of like, just don't bother me. 
Yeah, I'm just trying but, to get through this. <laughs> and don't get me in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that was yeah. his, and I think that they, they kind of did that in the first episode. And I think that that stayed pretty, they stayed pretty true to that basic dynamic with him throughout the whole, for as long as he was on the show. He was replaced ultimately by Harry Morgan, um, who played a very different sort of character. Very different, uh, but equally good with people. That yeah. In the end, he's really good with people. Uh, I thought, uh, watching this, I could imagine someone watching this and saying, like, this is going to be a really interesting, interesting show. I'm not, after watching the pilot, I'm not surprised that it lasted and was successful. It was not uh, particularly successful in its first season, evidently. Not, not right off the bat, no, it wasn't, yeah. was it? Uh, they, uh, and they, where, they where to come it. in? Where to come in? I don't know. In the but ratings. I know in the second season they they gave it all that they all that they could. They 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 had it follow all in the family. Well, there you go. And so that, that helps. I think gave it yeah that gave it a, a boost. And they pretty much early on before the first season was ended they 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 kind of they tightened it up a bit. Um, outside of margaret none of the nurses really play any major role no. for the most part early on no they come they get... in as they come in as special characters <clears throat> in a in an episode in an episode then, yeah. yeah and then they go away and they're usually not someone who's on the regular cast it's exactly they have someone come in play a character they're in for an episode maybe two and then they're off and there was... they did have some recurring people too yeah there was there was two or three who were like on for a long period of time with actually the same name, yep. but for the most part, they were, they were all interchangeable. Uh, they got rid of Dr. Jones and, um, you know, the one, the one, you know, this was the first war where we had an integrated army. Um, I was a little sad to see Dr. Jones go in later episodes. And they also didn't know, interestingly enough, it's not in this episode but early on you know hawkeye famously is from crabapple cove maine but if you watch the next few episodes he he talks about his of course his dad's a doctor yeah and his dad's a widow yeah but early on in the second or third or fourth episode he talks he, he's talking about his parents ho john can live with his parents and then yes. in like the second yes. in the second or third episode his dad's in Vermont. So it's like they almost didn't know oh, really sure. have any have any stable backgrounds for these guys. Yeah, because I wrote it down. It's it's interesting. Uh yeah, he, he's from Vermont, but then Maine. Right. Uh McIntyre's from Boston. Houlihan's an army brat. Blake is from Bloomington, Illinois. Frank is from Fort Wayne. Uh Radar O'Reilly's from Otumna, Iowa. And then later on, of course, Cleveland uh, Klinger is famously from Cleveland, which he talks about. Isn't he, you know, he's from Toledo. Oh, I'm sorry, Toledo, Toledo, Ohio. That's right. Um, which he, you know, continuously, yes. continuously talks about. I don't know where Father Mulcahy is from. I'm not sure they ever actually say. But um, yeah, I guess I don't know if they ever raised the money because Hojan's in the next few episodes. Yeah, that's what's that I, I remember. And he was not just the next few episodes. I think he was on for a long time. Uh, yeah, at least the first season. Yeah. Yeah. He, he shows up. Yeah. So maybe semester started late. Maybe he was. Uh, yeah, who knows? What, maybe he got a deferment. Maybe they just pocketed <laughs> the money. 
<laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, so it's just, just, just an interesting, just one little note. I mean, we, we, we've talked a little bit about, you know, people coming off and on one of the, one of the characters who I think gets short shrift is Frank Burns in the television show and movie. It was Robert Duvall. And he and was a t- terrible human being. He was a terrible human being, but he was the self-righteous religious. He was aw- yeah. He was awful. But also, um, he, he was not goofy. No, he, he was, he was, he was a stern, you know, he was, he was, was almost like a, he was almost like a Calvinist. Just, yeah. And, um, Larry Linville and the character for the television show is bumbling. He's a goofball. And it's the one thing that I never thought completely worked. Cause I always wondered Wow, is that what women like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't it quite is... work. And he left the show. He had a contract for five years. And they said, love to renew. And he said, no. Uh, he said, because the character is just getting too one-dimensional. And I it's, it, it, I don't think, and he didn't think the character had anywhere to go. Um, didn't. So he, it's, and I think that's right. Yeah. And he left the show and had prior to the show a good career in television and after the show continued to have a good career in television where he, he pop up he, he worked all the time wayne rogers interestingly enough he left the show the show he, he the, when the show was pitched it was supposed to be a essentially even though it was an ensemble cast it was pitched to him apparently as it was going to be about these two surgeons mm. but the hawkeye character just was just took over and he was friends with Alan Alda. They remained friends. It was, it was, there was no hard feelings because prior to even being on the show, Wayne Rogers was like independently wealthy because he had been an actor and he had invested money in, I think like California real estate and it just hit big. So he didn't need the money. He was like, I don't need this. And then he would pop up whenever he felt like it. To do yeah. acting, but he really yeah. didn't need to act because he had invested really wisely. Wow. And and was all set, but he they remained friends um until he died. And you know, there was no um unlike other shows, there was there was really no hard feelings. It's like okay, that's that's cool. I, I don't, you know, I don't need this for a paycheck. I'll good knock his, yeah. good luck. McLean Stevenson left and he told um I was reading that he told Loretta Swit, I believe. He goes, I know I sh- I'm leaving, you know, a hugely successful show and I'll never be in a show like this again, but I just can't not be the leading man. And he went on to two or three other shows where he was the leading man and they just bombed. Yeah. And he he's apparently, you know, according to her, knew it was kind of like he was compelled to do it. And, but just knew it was a huge mistake, at least career-wise. Uh, but, you know, went on and did it. It's interesting. So I read a story that the casting director for MASH, the television show, um, really wanted him on the show. And the way that he got made sure he was on the show is by casting him in a particular role in, I think, a movie where he plays a little bit of a kooky kind of minister, I think, or something like that. And showed the, you know, his scenes 
Larry Gelbert, who said, oh, got to have that guy on the show. So he never auditioned for the show, but he got it because the casting director cast him in something else. <laughs> I, I would have, I mean, he's so, I, I would not be worried about Henry Blake if, if, if my wife had too much to drink and, or, or whatever, like driving my wife home. It yeah. just it seems he, he talk about inhabiting a world. He's just, yeah. he seems like just a really decent guy. I mean, the character, yeah. he yeah. plays a decent guy perfectly. It's like, you have yep. no, there is not a mean, vicious, vengeful bone in his body. And he, he, and he plays it perfectly. I now, before, before we move on, I just wanted to mention the other shows that premiered that year. Oh, yeah. Bob Newhart premiered that year. Oh, wow. It was setting that aside because that's kind of its own thing. Sanford and Son premiered. Okay. Em- Emergency. All right. The Waltons. Uh, yeah. Okay. Ma- Maud. Okay. A, sh- a show called Colditz, which, which I'll talk about in a sec. The rookies and streets of San Francisco, oh, and, wow. I'm, and I'm going down these and like, and the only reason I brought that up, the next show I can I got a list of shows that premiered this that same year in 1982, along with the show we're going to discuss next. Yeah, and it's very you know Sanford and Son. I've seen some of it. I don't like it, but yeah. it's got a bit of a social conscience to it. Yeah, it's blue collar. Yeah, um, Maud yep. was, had a lot. Yep. A lot of political activism in it. Colditz was about um, the POW camp, and it ran for about two years. And it was these guys trying, you know, for two years, two seasons, these guys were trying to escape. You know, the rookies had um, uh, that was Kate. I think Kate Jackson's first kind of big break, and it was rookie police dealing with stuff on the streets and probably a lot of cultural and social right. itches as well. And of course, the streets of San Francisco is. Yeah. Emergency was your classic kind of like yep. two heroes going out doing good, and the Waltons was like, okay, we're I'm, we're tired. Yes, of give me everything. Some- give me something from the '30s when everything was <laughs> innocent, nice, and and so I, I thought that that list of shows that shows was in Bob Newhart's kind of a weird one because that was pretty much just that's a straight up sitcom it's not you know we're not talking about cops on the streets and bad you know in minority neighborhoods we're not talking about war we're not talking about um two african-american junk dealers it was kind of a standalone thing but ironically we get to the next show we're gonna do and i'm just moving it along here yeah the next i picked this show because i thought i don't know why and but it ended up making a good uh, a, a good an, another kind of bookend. I, agree. I, cho- I chose the the season the the series premiere of Cheers, a show that ran from 1982 to 1992, another 11 year run, yeah. with an ensemble cast. Yeah. Um, that changed of, over time. That did change over time, and I thought whether the change is well, it was created by Les and uh, Les and Glenn Charles. Who were kind of like the master behinds, masterminds behind Taxi, and they also wrote uh, on Mash. Um, hmm. So there's a good, I think, comedy pedigree because ta- oh, I think yeah. ta- Taxi premiered, I think, in '78. That was a great show too. And Cheers, of course, starred Ted Danson, Shelley Long. For um, a year. No, she was on a couple years. Couple years, three years. Something yeah. Like 
uh, Kirstie Alley was on longer, but yeah. I think I think Diane was it Diane Chambers. I think yeah, she's you know um, Nick Calasano was Ernie Pantuso, the coach. George Went was Norm, of course. Rhea Perlman was Carla Tortelli, and John Radzenberg was Cliff Clavin. That was the first the first episode, and I wondered. Uh, it's funny. I watch Cheers like from start to finish. Not it's from start. I don't think I really watched the last couple seasons, but I have a distinct recollection of like walking into our family room, and I said, "What's that?" Am I watching? My dad was watching the first episode of Cheers when the kid, like the fifteen-year-old or sixteen-year-old kid, comes yeah. into the bar, yeah, and. And he's his ID says he was he's 38 years old. Yes. And Sa- Sam says, uh, you must have been in the Vietnam War. And the kid's like, Yeah, what was it like? And the kid says it was gross. Yeah. And and I have I have like a, I have an actual recollection of my dad laughing. Oh, well, I was funny line, but my dad laughing yeah. at that line in particular. So this is a show I feel like I, I kind of grew up with and stuck with probably through about 1988 you know when you get when you're like later on in high school and college you're out yeah out and about doing stuff but you know from probably 82 at least through 86 or 87 um i I watched a good chunk of these i um i went in with some trepidation because i have not watched cheers in a long time and after having been exposed to things like um, Silicon Valley, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, even Seinfeld to a certain extent, I was wondering, how do these more conventional, yeah, even though successful sitcoms, do they have enough freedom to make me laugh anymore um, compared to what you can do on, on, on the... always sunny in philadelphia always sunny especially like what you can do on hbo you can yeah yeah swear up a storm you can have nudity you can you know you you name it i was like well will a cbs show from 82 still make me laugh and i i was the first episode i was pleasantly surprised there's some good there's some good lines so um I, i i did not watch cheers religiously um, at any time in my life, I'd watch it from time to time when it came out. It just never, for whatever reason, it never resonated with me. Um, I always appreciated it. I always thought it was good. And I'll say that your your last comment, I think, is a really good one. And I'll tell you, though, um, so I watched the first episode, but then I watched the beginning of the second episode. Yes, me too. And the beginning of the second episode it was the was that moment for me, although there were moments throughout the first episode where I was kind of like, Oh wow. This is really well written and it's really funny. They're doing a good job. But the beginning of the second episode is this great scene where she has this huge order that she brings over to a table of like five people. And yeah. she says, okay, she lists it all out. She's putting it all on the table. It's all this other all this stuff. She puts it out and she's proud of herself. And someone from the other table says, uh, Miss, I think those are our drinks. And yep. she says, could you guys all do me a favor? And they just immediately say, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. They get up and just switch tables. Get it's, switch just, tables. it's just right. such really well done and well acted. You know, everybody did, you know, it was just really well done. And I thought, and I was thinking to myself, having just watched the first episode, which I enjoyed, 
I, I really did enjoy. Um, I, I, I thought it was, uh, there were some issues with it, but uh, overall, I, I thought it was, you know, it was really good. And, and, and it, it, you know, it, it, you, you watch it and you think, okay, this is, this is a good show, right? And this is going to be a good show. I see the characters, I see how they interact. I see what's going to go on here. Um, but when I watched that second piece, I said, wow, yeah, these guys really were the second episode, the beginning of it. I kind of said, yeah, these guys really were thinking about what is funny, right? Not just what is going to be shocking or is going to, um, you know, kind of, you know, offend the senses or be absurd. They were just thinking about things that would be funny. Yeah. yeah. And they succeeded. And they they really I thought did a did a really good job and and yeah the first scene with the kid coming in the bar I thought was was done really well and particularly when he's going to leave and Diane and her her fiance come in and he says oh yeah let's go get some champagne <laughs> <laughs> he's still trying to get a drink um, uh, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's good, the the, good the, the plot is um, a good setup it for is. the sh- yeah. for the show with Diane coming in. She is a teaching assistant at Boston University with her professor who's, what do you think? She's probably like, what, 30? <laughs> um, but, he, but he's probably like 45. Yeah. He, te- he teaches, uh, what is it, world, world Lit? Something like that, yeah. And it, they're going off to Bermuda to get married, uh, but he wants to go get his grandmother's ring, which, with, which is with his ex-wife. Right. So he pretty much deposits her there she has some good um <laughs> good interact funny interactions with say i gotta say like i forgot how um likable a guy sam malone is he's yeah. very he's very relaxed he's very easygoing he's nothing really seems the the insults or anything that doesn't seem to bother him he's he's um lackadaisical with his with his with his employees he's just um he's a good guy to have more quirkier characters um orbit yes uh because that's what you get with with you know he's a good straight man he's a good he's a good straight man um and i i did i i still like the um the conversation that she has to listen to about the sweatiest movie yes and her fiance comes <laughs> back in the bar and, and he is a button down. He's perfect. I, I'm yeah. surprised. I'm surprised they didn't go with Harvard professor. Sumner, yeah. his name yeah. is Sumner Sloan. Right. He's got the three piece suit on. He's not, he doesn't, he's not, um, uh, he's not nasty or uppity with, with Sam or anybody. Yep. He's not like that, but he's, he's pretentious, but it's not directed towards anyone. No. But he comes in and she's like, thank God you just saved me. I've been listening to a conversation about the sweatiest movie. And without missing a beat, he says, cool hand, Luke. Right. <laughs> and it's this <laughs> professor of literature. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing that makes, that's the kind of, I think, is somebody else might have had the guy roll his eyes and say, we right. got to get out of here. But yeah. no, yeah. They, they go with cool hand, Luke. It was, it's, yeah. a, it's a great line. Yep. Um, and of course, he ends up leaving her there and she ends up she ends up getting a job uh because she was able as she's walking out she is able to 
relay or pair it back a long complicated order and realizes she needs a job and uh she may actually have a talent for for, for remembering bar orders. <laughs> remembering orders at least <laughs> at least as a uh as a stopgap measure but um yeah uh i like i said i always go into these like is this gonna be funny and it's a tough comparison because they have so much more freedom to do comedy now on yeah. the pr- prestige pay, you know, pay yeah. pay-per-view or pay channels and things like that. But I, I thought it really held up. Now I, I, I also like the idea that, so you didn't watch this show. Had you ever, do you recall ever seeing the, 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 the pilot? I think so. But I'm not, I mean, it was familiar to me because I watched it and I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of know what's going on and what's going to happen. Um, so I'm, I'm fairly certain I did, but I, I don't, certainly didn't remember. Um, it, it didn't, it, it wasn't like MASH, which I know I, I'd seen that, you know, the first episode yeah. of MASH. Um, so it was, it was kind of new to me, although I know, of course, I've seen the show enough so I know the characters, right? I know who they are and, and all that. But I, I'm fairly certain I saw it once a long time ago. But it was, it might as, I might as well have been watching it for the first time. So um, the other thing, the other twist I like, I I like this twist is that uh, Sam is uh, a uh, recovering alcoholic, but also a former relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. Right. And I did not recall this, but Carla, the the uh, very loyal waitress to to Sam uh, informs Diane that in uh, one inning, Sam struck out Norm Cash, Al Kaline, and Billy Freehan. Uh, so I had to look that up. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of doing that, but I did not. It would have to, it could it could have been no later than 19. So because I was trying to figure out how old is Sam supposed to be and when yeah. would he have picked? Yeah. And so those guys last played together in 74. So he was yeah. pitching in 74. And I was wondering, like, would he have been? He was probably on the 75 World Series team, right? Must have been, yeah. Yeah. Because he said it was only because he'd only been because the alcohol knocked him out of the game. And he's been dry for three years. And he's been dry for, yeah, for three years. So, right. yeah, pro- probably. I mean, it was probably shortly after that, right? And a couple of years to bang around right great nickname for a relief pitcher mayday malone yep i i don't know if anyone's been anybody's had that nickname in baseball i tried looking it up and i just got all just a whole bunch of crazy i'll have to go back and i'm sure there were some 19th century players that but um you know and then the bit the 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 supporting cast you know george went as norm he went on to be something of an iconic character well, so did uh, what's his name? Cliff. Cliff, yeah. John Ratzenberger's Cliff. And Ratzenberger was in, is a character actor, is in movies dating back into the sixties. I think he was in, um, he was in, um, what was that Clint Eastwood movie about? They're off to get the Nazi gold. Um, Kelly's oh, Heroes. Kelly's I think, Heroes. I think, I, think he was really? Kelly, I think he was in Kelly's Heroes. I think he was in. I, he was in. I think he might have been. Uh, in a bridge too far. <laughs> okay. I mean, he was kind of, I think, I, I could be wrong, but I know he was in an, another one, but I'm fairly certain he was in Kelly's Heroes too, but 
So uh, he's, he's, he's been, a voice, that guy was around. Voice work too. Is that right? Yeah, he, d- he d- did or does a lot of voice work, apparently. Um, and Shelly Long, of course, you know, she was really, I thought, an important... She played the kind of um, uptight socialite mingling with the masses very, yes. very well. And that is yes. exactly, I think, later on, if I recall correctly, you meet her mom and they are like Boston Brahmin types. Yeah. Um, but she thought she was going to have, um, you know, she did what a lot of people did and, um, she was going to go off and be a movie star. She did a few movies. I think some were, you know, I don't think much like David Caruso later on leaving NYPD blue after the first year and a couple other people, they never really made, maybe they, maybe they were completely happy with the decision. You know, I'm tired of TV. I'll do a few movies here or there, but one thinks they thought they they um um movie stardom was just around the corner after they took off as TV stars and it never really happened for her and no she although worked. she wasn't a good movie with I think it was it was Bette Midler I think and um God, what was his name Peter Coyote uh was that like. <sighs> She was also in a movie with Tom Hanks, right? I think was she was that the what was the movie about the um, the Money Pit? Was that her or uh, that might have been her? Yeah, but never that never that huge movie that that catapulted her into stardom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's not nothing against her. It it just it doesn't happen for. I mean, Tom Hanks is a I think an exception. They're all top, uh, Bruce Willis is another Tom, exception. Yep, Tom Selleck never really hit it huge as a movie guy, even though mm-hmm. he was in some good movies and you know did a good job. David Caruso never hit it big, even though he was ex- extremely popular that first season of NYPD Blue. Mm-hmm. Went off to do movies, and it just kind of, if he was looking for that big hit to become the next like Brad Pitt or George Clooney, it never happened, and they might be fine with that. Um, you know, who knows, but, um, uh, you know, maybe it was good. She left, uh, to keep, keep the show, to keep the show fresh. But, um, yeah, she never really, and she, she pops up from time to time still. Um, you know, it's funny. It, it's odd. The, the one who later on would make it big was Woody Harrelson. Yeah. <laughs> Which you would not, I would not have guessed. But some people are, are some people are TV stars and not movie stars. Ted Danson never really hit it huge in movies. Did some. Some mm-hmm. were popular, but never really kind of segued solely into um, so into movies. But um, George yeah. Went was George Went was um, interviewed the final season of Cheers when they knew it was the final season of Cheers, and I, I was bringing that up for a point that I almost lost was that Shelley Long was like. This has been great for a few years. I really made my name. Now, hopefully, I can go out and be a movie star. They asked George Went, like, how long would you keep doing Cheers? He's like, forever. This is like a solid gig. He's like, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never. I'm not going to be James Bond. I need a job. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do this till the day I die. Yeah. Um, which I think is like the attitude of a real, like Mash too. I thought the. I thought I don't think it was quite as good 
I thought it was good, but not. I thought the chemistry was really good. Maybe not quite as good as Mash, but still good. Was, maybe it, a little rougher. It, it was a little bit rough. They still had some things they needed to just work out a little bit. Yes. I think part of it was was um, uh, Rhea Perlman's character. Yes, yes. Needed just they just needed to get her more. They needed to figure out better how to write her. Yes, and they did. They did over time. And the dynamic between her and Di- Diane was set up right there at the beginning. Um, but they just needed to, uh, it, I don't, it, that was the one where, part of the show that I was watching. And I said, uh, okay, I know what this is and you're not doing anything interesting. Um, but over time, I know that I, I believe that that, you know, personally, I believe that that changed. So not having been a cheers person per se back in the day, would uh time allowing would you continue to watch the first uh, has, has your interest been peaked to explore the the remaining first season yeah i to a certain degree um it, it still doesn't it's it, it, uh, i'm it's good it's very good i think the writing is as i said before i think is they are thinking about what is funny without uh, without resorting to the absurd um, which I think takes talent, and I appreciate it very much, and I think it is very funny. And I remember enjoying, you know, the episodes that I watched over time. But there is something about the show that it just doesn't really resonate with me. I'm not—I don't know what it is, but I don't feel kind of like compelled to go and watch it. Whereas I, I'm kind of curious to go and watch some, you know, Mash episodes through the years, kind of see how it changed. I'm not really that interested. Um, in Cheers, but I but I probably will just because it's intriguing to see how that writing would would play out. And and I'll say this also, I it's actually got me interested to go back and watch Taxi again. I I gotta see if Taxi's available. I wonder if it's um, on like Peacock or Paramount now. Or it might be it's not on Hulu. No, which is where I'm I always want to say Hulu. Um, which is where <laughs> I get, uh, which is where I got mash and cheers. But I, I, yeah, I, I, it, I, I really do because Taxi, I remember so, watching reruns of, and I think I even watched it, you know, live from time to time too. And just thinking that it was a remarkable show in a lot of ways. Taxi was so, it was a comedy, obviously, and it stayed a comedy. It yeah. rarely delved into anything that was too dramatic, but it was so. I like always want to know, like, if you live in rural Iowa, right, right. Taxi is so New York. It's so gritty. It's so New York of the late seventies. Yes, that even I remember as a kid watching it. I felt like taking a shower afterwards. Like, who the <laughs> hell wants to hang around that taxi place? It's just <laughs> fucking disgusting. <laughs> Danny DeVito's in the cage, you know, barking out orders. And this guy wants to be an actor and this guy. Yeah. But um, I wonder if it's available. That's interesting. I've never seen it advertised as available. Like, you know, coming, coming in January on Netflix or right. anything or, or on um, um, Amazon prime. Now I did do. Um, these are the shows that premiered in 1982. And I think the difference is, kind of interesting between 72 and 82 mm-hmm. whole different vibe the, the same elsewhere premiered which oh. was fairly gritty down yeah. it's a luck hospital in um 
Boston, in Boston. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, people trying to make ends meet while they they treat, you know, while they treat uh, people in a bad part of, kind of a bad part of Boston. But then Family Ties, Silver Spoons, Gloria, which is a which was a spinoff of um, All in the Family, Remington Steel, Knight Rider, T.J. Hooker, and Bob Newhart's back with his Newhart show. It's just very different, you know. It's from it's funny the seventy two show. Funny that the new, it's funny the Newhart. Yeah, uh, the two yeah. New, but and it was a very different sort of Newhart show. Very, I no, I was not a fan. Nor was I. Uh, I love uh, the first one. I love the first new art show. Well, the whole analyst thing is key to uh, to a lot of his his humor. And Suzanne Plachette yeah. was 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 terrific. But it's almost like we're breathing a sigh of relief, uh, except for the you know the the veterans and their families. Like Vietnam's over. Yeah. You know, all this is the, the crazy seventies are over. Let's just like you know. You in '72 you had Maud, in '82 you had Silver Spoons, right? right. <laughs> you know, right. in '72 in you had Sanford and Son, in '82 you had Knight Rider. You know, yeah. um, it's yeah. just it was the goofy Reagan era. It was yeah. feel good. Everything's it was um, everything's okay. It was kind of Not like as bad as you think it is. It 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 was almost like we were trying to imitate what you know. Rose color glow, what people like to think the 50s were like, right? You know, yeah, but um, I like tears. Uh, I don't know if I'll go back and really, really rewatch it. Maybe, maybe eventually I will. Um, but it was kind of fun, it was kind of fun revisiting the the initial episode. So, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we, um, I'm glad we looked into that. I would love to do. I would love to find Taxi. Maybe we could do the same with Taxi. Yeah. And find another show that's... that's... I mean, it's interesting because because I view kind of Cheers as the inheritor of what Taxi started to a certain degree. Well, same same creators. Yep. Same um, sort of a vibe to it, right? It's kind not, of a... They're not family sitcoms in the sense that they don't take place in the home. Right. There's no kids. Nope. Um, no, it's people working. And I wonder if your kind of um, ambivalence towards Cheers to a certain extent is it's a comedy. And it, it, it there were there were instances of minor drama, like breakups. Coach died. Of uh, the actor passed away. So yeah. obviously they, they the character would no longer be there on the show. And I think they did you know, have him pass away on the show, yeah. the character, but it, it pretty much stayed a, a, a situation comedy, but there is like underlying it all um, outside of Sam. Um, and maybe Rhea Perman to a certain extent, there is kind of something in the back of my head. It's like, yeah, these guys just hang out in a freaking bar you know all the time yeah there's there's a little like a little go home have lives yeah (laughs) there's a the barfly aspect of it it, maybe maybe subconsciously kind of depresses me (laughs) yes yes it's it is kind of it is kind of particularly these days i think it's not well I, i could be wrong i mean certainly for me i've never been a bar person 
you know, right. I've never, I've never had a bar that I go to and, you know, have a drink after work kind of stuff. That's just never been anything that I've done. And so it's not, I don't have any, you know, I, I, I don't have, it, it's not anything that I, you know, I have any personal connectivity to in any way whatsoever. And I don't know whether that impacts my viewing of it, but I, you know, all that much, but I, it is to a degree of kind of like, I, I do remember watching it from time to time when I did watch it years ago, kind of thinking to myself, I just don't care about these people. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. And now you may say, well, that's kind of an odd thing to say when thinking about a sitcom. And I would say, yeah, it is kind of, but I also kind of didn't like them all that much. Interesting. Many of them anyway. Um, they, because, because of, I think to a certain degree, because of that element, right. It's kind of like, well, you're, you're all alcoholics <laughs> at a bar every day. And, you know, you're, and I remember there was an episode where they, I can't remember what it was that they, they were arguing about how many tiles are on the, the, the garden for the, you know, for the, um, uh, the Celtics. I don't know if you remember this episode at all. And, and they, and, and it, they got somehow they got Kevin McHale thinking about it and his play you know, kind of <laughs> deteriorated because he was just obsessed with figuring out how many tiles there were that's funny. On, the, on the floor. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, uh, yeah, that's funny. I mean, and it, it, it was, it was an amusing episode. It was ha ha. But I also remember thinking to myself, okay, I, it's just not, I'm just not interested in these people um, <laughs> because they're just so, I mean, it's kind of like, like my brother has had this problem with Seinfeld, right? Where he he just he just looks at the people and he just he just doesn't like George Costanza and he can't get beyond that to kind of laugh at him. And even <laughs> though I, I personally don't have that problem, I kind of know what he's talking about because I kind I think I feel the same way about a lot of the characters on Cheers. I just That's, don't I'm I'm just don't like them. You can't invest in them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the, I think the Seinfeld characters are supposed to be that way. Right. I mean, that's what I told my brother. That's the premise of the... Like, well, that's, that's kind of the... You just don't like the premise <laughs> of the show, then. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just kind of like, okay, and, and, and I get that, and that's fine. And if you don't yeah. like the show, you don't like the show, and, and that, you know, I, I get it. But I, I guess I, kinda... I never cared for... I guess I don't need to... I'm thinking of the... As you say that, I'm wondering... Yeah. I don't know if I care about the characters per se, it. but I don't need to in situation comedies because I'll tell you right now, I don't really care about the characters in Silicon Valley, despite the fact I find them all hysterical. Yeah, I know. That's what I, I guess there's something. It's not so much. Here's what it is. It's not that I don't care about them. I don't like them. <laughs> you know, like I like Sam is OK. Cliff would be exhausting. Cliff would be exhausting. Went would be exhausting norm would be exhausting wouldn't norm just, wouldn't you just want to uh, slap him and say like go get a life yes go, go home to your wife yes because he's and, married he's married on the show right yeah which becomes and, a running gag right 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 but it's kind of sad yeah and what's her name um Rhea perlman's character oh, she's got uh, a sh- shitty family life 
Yeah, terrible family life, but she's just mean. And she's so she's rough around a, the edges. Yeah, she's really mean. And Diane was... Pretentious. You know, tiresome, right? You know, just right. You know, like, okay, let's, you know. And then I don't remember Christy Alley all that she was well. Very, well, that's when the corporation bought, like, the bar. So right. she, was, she was literally a corporate type. Right. So she was kind of annoying as a corporate type yeah but eh, corporate types are usually played for annoying uh, but i didn't really care per se what yeah like what would happen to her i actually would i thought like when they toned his character down i thought the fraser character was pretty good mm-hmm. when they toned him down they started off a little too a little too pretentious um, yeah, but kind of when you got to know him, I thought he was kind of uh, a, a pretty good side character. Yeah. Very important. Very yeah, I thought yeah. very important to be a for him to be a side character. But yeah. uh, I don't know if I'll continue to watch it. Uh, I might, I might in the future check it out again just to. Um, I, I do. I do find it a lot of fun though that the both Mash and Cheers run about twenty five minutes rather than twenty, and that five mm-hmm. makes a big difference. It, it does, does seem. Yep. It seems much longer than the twenty minutes. Yep. You don't. You. It, it's. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but there's a completeness to it that you kind of lose yeah. when it gets shorter. Yeah. It true. doesn't. It doesn't feel rushed. Yeah. Because in a modern sitcom, you got like what. Five minutes commercial, eight minutes commercial, and then it's 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 like you got seven minutes left. That's it. Boom, boom, yep. boom. When yep. you think about it, you can watch um, you know, you can watch three episodes in an hour. These take a, these take about two episodes per hour. So you get a little more a little more bang for your buck, a little less rushed. Yep. And yep. you don't have to hit all those. You don't have to hit all those notes pitch perfect. Yeah. To to do the story, but all right, man. Anything else you want to add? No, that's it. I th- these are these are all, well. Actually, there is um, both of these shows. I think in their time were I they were the water cooler shows iconic. Of, their, of their time. They were they iconic. Were definitely iconic. And as I said before, the last episode of Mash was the most watched television show for a long time. Um. And um, I, you know, despite everything that I've said about Cheers, this example, I think Cheers was very well written. Um, Every time I watched it, I thought it was funny. And I think the same is true of MASH, although it's a little bit more, it harkens back a little bit more. It's a little bit older school in terms of its thinking and, and how they were writing the characters and what they were doing. It's a little bit more screwball, but also very well written very well done show they're both excellent i mean i would if, if people haven't seen them or haven't seen them in a long time definitely worth going back and checking out yeah i think we should do this again too we should pick two more shows because i was just thinking about the truly those the great tv shows not necessarily in the sense that you love them but were um successful lasted a long time or influential which may or may not have paved the way to kind of copycat shows mm-hmm. and i mash not really only in the sense of it was a fairly large ensemble cast i mean 
there wasn't a lot of um <laughs> there wasn't a lot of well i think the smart thing about mash i thought i always thought in doing a doing a television series that takes place in a war zone i thought it was really smart to do it about characters that are somewhat on the periphery of the actual action mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to do a show about combat soldiers yes and there was just nothing after MASH that was like this, you know, for years. I, there was they a show. tried it with China Beach. Yeah, I didn't ever, ever watch that. And I, I was kind of poking around it. I don't think it's available. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think it was very well received. And it was too, it was too much of a, it was a drama. Right. It was a drama, and... hour-long drama. But I don't think it's available anywhere. The last time I looked, it's, it wasn't available anywhere. Never watched it. Yeah, I think I watched it once or twice, and I don't remember anything. <laughs> Literally. I remember right. nothing. But you could say Cheers paved the way for shows like Seinfeld and Friends, just that taking Agreed. taking yep. it out of the family home yep. setting. Yep. Well, Taxi, too. I mean, that, that's why I think I, I think of Taxi and, and Cheers as kind of well, piece of odd. They got that great lineage, right? They got yep. the, the Glenn and Les Charles. Yep. We're involved in both. And of course, uh, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman were married. So there's, you know, uh, I'm right. sure yeah. Perlman came up when when the Charleses were thinking about yep. Cheers because they they worked with Danny DeVito and obviously liked working with Danny DeVito. Um, yeah. All right, man. That was um, that was kind of I wasn't sure if we had enough to talk about, but I thought that was kind of that was kind of fun and. You know, yeah. I think maybe should we, we should look for something like, I don't know, Taxi and maybe All in the Family. Um, yeah, we'll uh, think about it. Yeah, some other, some other type show or maybe a show in the late, that premiered in the late 80s, early 90s to get that decade, the decade difference. I think we should do some of those like truly great shows from the 70s and 80s like buck rogers and tj hooker logan's run logan's run yeah we should definitely do those um although they are hard (laughs) to come by um i think you can find all of them i think you can find buck rogers and logan's run on tubi can you really i believe yes Ooh. yeah that's not good news for my wife (laughs) <laughs> well if you start watching that you won't be married long enough to <laughs> for <bad> yeah <laughs> you, you'll, you'll be cuddled up with tubi for for a long time in the future if she catches you watching that <laughs> all right man okie dokie later have a great evening you too bye bye Wouldn't you like to get away?